The following program is brought to you in living color. Hi, and welcome to another edition of This Week in TV History. And it's Christmas time again. Yep. Again. Again. Uh, so I have Donna with me. And, uh, oh, by the way, I should mention, you can hear us on TV Confidential, a radio talk show about television. Our good friend Ed Robertson does a lot of wonderful shows. He has interviews with people who have been on camera and behind the scenes. And we talk a lot about television history on the show and just have a, a nice unrehearsed dialogue about some of our favorite moments. And that's kind of what I wanted to create here. Okay. A little unrehearsed dialogue, even though you know the topic matter because it's written right down there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, I have some of the stats right there. Is that what we're talking about? That's what we're talking about. Actually, um, let me first set up uh, about this time last year mm -hmm. when we were all sequestered at home. Uh, we were locked down. We were in lockdown. Okay. We had a lockdown Christmas. Uh, we did something. We did not disclose it to each other. We had lists of our favorite Christmas specials, mm -hmm. the things that we were going to watch, and, you know, of course, and the Hallmark uh, movies, uh, which is now Hallmark, Ion, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But we had all the specials. And high on your list mm -hmm. was the Waltons. Well, actually, it was called The Homecoming, Homecoming. A Christmas, Christmas Story. Story by Earl Hamner, which would later become the Waltons. So this was actually the pilot of this the would be, Waltons TV series. This is basically, yeah. Forever. For eight years, and uh, and then specials that would follow. Uh, yeah, I don't want to confuse, because this year the CW premiered the Waltons, uh, The Homecoming. So it's kind of Which a was not a Christmas story, even though it was a Christmas story? It was a Christmas story, yes. Uh, yeah, but it was, it was not a Christmas story. Uh, and and I do. It was a Christmas story. It was a Christmas, but it wasn't called a Christmas story. Yeah, because that movie, uh, Christmas Story, is uh, the movie with Peter Billingsley, and, and uh, yeah, that's the one that was set in in the Midwest fifty years ago. Oh boy. Yeah, Christmas Story. Yeah, wasn't that the one? Yeah, you shoot your eye out. Yeah. Oh. But I digress. But I do that often. Uh, anyway, so this was something, and and I don't know if you notice on my notes there, it premiered on CBS. December nineteenth, nineteen seventy one, which minute. is the day that today that we are recording this. Wow! So it, it will be out there in YouTube land and 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 uh, as a podcast later on. But I just discovered it was fifty years ago today that that aired on CBS. Uh, by the way, fifty years ago yesterday was the premiere of The Grinch. But again, I digress. Uh, so anyway. I wanted to talk about this one specifically with you because you really love this Christmas special. I love that. There's just something about that series. There's so many themes. I mean, not just Christmas, but family. It was a coming-of-age story. It was a story that took place during this country's Great Depression. Friendship. And a homecoming. I mean, which... I mean, we could probably debate that for hours. I mean, the larger scope of the phrase homecoming. But right now, I'll just focus on yeah. a father coming home. Yeah, I didn't think of other uh, mm -hmm. other takes on, on the term the homecoming. No, it was about the father coming home. Uh, Earl Hamner Jr. wrote this story. He wrote uh, another story that you could also say is part of the origin story of the Waltons called uh, Spencer's Mountain. Mm -hmm. So uh, the But when... 
it came time to do this one, he couldn't use uh, the characters that were used in Spencer's Mountain because a different studio owned the rights to that. Ah. So he had to, he basically took the same idea and just changed the name, and that's how they became the Waltons. So this was semi autobiographical. Yeah, this is semi Earl Hamner Jr. Yeah, Earl Hamner Jr. basically is John, John Boy. Boy Walton. Yes. John Boy Walton. And he is the narrator in, in this special, and then he was the narrator throughout the run of the series. So uh, that's another element, is Earl Hamner's narration. Mm -hmm. So with this and then the rest of the series. Uh, I heard Richard Thomas say that when he read the script, the part that he was really looking forward to do is, was the narrations at the beginning and the end. And then they had to tell him, oh, you're not doing that. Uh. Earl is doing that. Uh, however, but, however, in the CW's version of it, which aired fairly recently, Richard Thomas does do the narration. Yeah, he, and in my opinion, that was my favorite part of the CW Homecoming movie. Yeah, it just there, it, there was something about hearing that familiar voice, and I've always maintained that Richard Thomas is probably one of the most underrated actors in this country. He is amazing. It is, you know. I agree. Richard Thomas was the best part of the, that special, uh, but it was kind of almost a full circle. Yes. That Richard Thomas basically is John Boyd now, all grown up into the future. <laughs> uh, but also, uh, you know, him adding that just added almost like a stamp of approval uh, for this project. Okay. Yeah. Did, Some, uh, sort yeah. Some sort of legitimacy. Some sort of legitimacy. But the thing um, when when uh, and I know we're jumping into the Walton, so the 50th anniversary will be this. Fall of 22, of the premiere of the Waltons. But you would hear John Boy narrate when he was thinking in the present. And Earl Hamner was John Boy, you know, reflective on the past or setting up the story, right? But when John Boy is, like, you know, writing, you know, his thoughts, that's Richard Thomas, which is also so beautifully done. Yes. And Richard Thomas tried very hard, spent a lot of time with Earl Hamner just to capture that Virginian accent because... Virginia Thomas, or West Virginia? Well, it'll be the Blue Ridge Mountains. Of, yeah. So, West no, it's Virginia. Virginia. It is Virginia. It is. Are we? Are we? Oh. You gonna look on the phone? I think I. I think I have to look this. You're up. gonna. You're gonna look this up. Okay. Okay. So, keep talking. I'll keep talking. So we have Richard Thomas as John Boy, uh, who we love, you know, uh, in, in any incarnation. Uh, the mother for this is Patricia, Patricia Neal, who came from the Broadway stage, had a stellar career, mm -hmm. who was just as the mother in this series. She oh. was... You felt. You felt. Uh, and just, you know, what are you doing up there, boy? Uh, and just, uh, but also having to give her son, I would say, uh, a pep talk. Okay, you're you're grown up. You need to take the responsibility and go find your father. You know, even though she kept calling him boy and John boy and such, you had to do that. Uh, Grandpa was played by Edgar Bergen, Candace Bergen's dad. Yes. Uh, also, the best, uh, most popular ventriloquist on radio. Okay. Yes, I know. I, I said the most popular ventriloquist on the radio. And he, there was something about his characterization of the grandfather. Yeah. You loved him. He was tough. He was tough. He was uh, fun. Yes. Obviously, he was a fun grandpa. And his style of discipline was a little different than 
than their mother and their grandmother. You know, uh, Grandma uh, ruled with an iron fist. Yes, she did. She she was no nonsense. Grandpa would command respect because there is a point where John Boy and this one is actually doing an impression of President Roosevelt, oh, yeah. and he gets admonished. That's that's our president. You don't do that. But also, and this is something I think uh, Will Gear carried the legacy on so beautifully. Uh, the idea that the Waltons don't really own the mountain. They are just the caretakers of the mountain. Yes. They are there to nurture it and make sure that it's safe and that it's cared for. And uh, I think that basic element is what Will Gear would later just... But that, but you know, was there that, a subtle environmental message? I think there was an on? incredible. I never even thought about that. Back then, it was ecology. Uh, yes. Ah, okay. but there was a definite ecological message over there. How we are just the caretakers of the land. A lot of respect for the land and the mountain. Yes, a lot of respect for the land and the mountain. And you know, they go out to chop down the Christmas tree. But that was a Christmas tree that, you know, Grandpa planted, and that's a Christmas tree that Grandpa's going to replace, you know, at some time mm -hmm. in the future. You know, you don't take from the land without giving back. Mm -hmm. And I think that that came there, and like I said, you know, later on, Will Gear took that, but that's who Will Gear was in real life. Yes. And then they said, no, uh, what you saw as Grandpa, that was Will. But Egbert, to see him in that role, but to see that there was this kind grandfather, but... He did lay down the law. There were certain rules to how you're supposed to live your life. Yes. And, and and he had that philosophy. And then there were a few surprising characters. Which ones are you thinking of? Well, first of all, Cleavon Little. Oh, yeah. As the minister mm -hmm. of the Black Church, who um, comes to the aid of John Boy Walton to help him find his father. But also, uh, he is the leader of the Black Church, but he's also a good friend of the uh, Baldwin sisters. Who are two women, just surprising. The uh, unsuspecting bootleggers? Yes, well, they were bootleggers, I guess, during the time of Prohibition. Otherwise, but did they know what the, I, re what I, the recipe I really don't was. believe they knew. This was Papa's recipe. And Papa was, had quite a history. Yeah, the judge, Judge uh, Baldwin, uh, who had been long gone by the time this story begins, but Judge Baldwin and and and, and the Baldwins before, this was a, a tradition that was passed down from generation to generation. The recipe. Yes. This is more of an elixir. And uh, I don't know, you look at that now because you knew that that was done on location. That was not fake snow. <laughs> You know, that's... Where do they... Do they shoot that in Montana? I think they shoot that in... Virginia? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even though it's supposed to be Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. Virginia. And, you and were then, right. You were right. And then the series was shot on the Warner Brothers lot. Yes. So never quite as snowy uh, when you when it was shot. But there, that looked real. Yes. That looked real. You wanted that recipe. You needed that as your antifreeze. Because that was... That was... And... The date, the Christmas, uh, that was 1933. That was like two weeks after Prohibition was repealed. I did have to look that up. Uh, okay. So that was just a couple of weeks after Prohibition was repealed. But but Olivia Walton, just no, no liquor in her house. No liquor in this house, yeah. And uh, and Grandma kind of felt the same way. Mm -hmm. uh, later on in the series, if you would ever go out to where the mill was, you would always 
galaxy little jars on the back shelves over there. But uh, but one of my favorite scenes is actually Cleavon Little, Richard Thomas, and the Baldwin sisters in the sleigh. Actually, oh. in the house. Oh, where they in, had to sing. Yes. They had to sing. They had to sing. Well, a couple, I mean, not yeah. too many spoilers, but John Boy needs gas. Put in the car to go find his father, and who would have gas? The Baldwin sisters. And Cleavon Little, nope, there's a way to do this. Mm -hmm. Take your time. You sit there, you sing, you. Yeah, you don't cut to the chase. You There's a whole. And when he does finally do it, it's just such a wonderful moment. And Cleavon Little was so good with, you know, you think of Blazing Saddles, and I can think of every other uh, project where he's kind of the straight man and kind of setting the tone and to work with, you know, the actively trained young man, Richard Thomas, and to have that comedic, because this is not a comedy, but and, you do and, have and, that moment and to work off of Cleavon Little. And, and Cleavon yeah. Little, who was known for his comedy. I mean, on Broadway, he was, was he, was he in Pearly? I believe he was in Pearly. He was in Pearly. He was in a short-lived TV series. Actually, I suppose it's technically two TV series, Temperatures Rising. And temperatures Rising. And the new Temperatures Rising. They one season, ABC tried to revamp it. I love both seasons. I mean, I love the cast, and I especially love Cleavon Little. Again, playing straight man in a hospital. That's to come set in a hospital. Yeah. But, you know, when he, the characters, he's always the smartest man in the room. Yes. You know, and I would say, I would love to have seen him work with Robert Guillaume. Oh. Because, you know, because of the oh, way they were. They? Maybe they did. We have to look. Uh, Broadway also, what was it? I'm not Rappaport, or he did with Judge Hirsch. And, but again. He, another, is, he has quite a resume. He has quite a resume. And just every scene that he's in. But you see him as the minister. And this is a minister that lives by the golden rule and, and follows the good book. But he knows in order to survive, he's got to, you know, work with the Baldwin sisters. But he also knows they are a little bit clueless to what Papa's recipe they is. They're extremely clueless. Yes. And he is he is not going to do anything that would tarnish their memory of their father and be very respectful of that. Another one of my favorite scenes is the scene with the missionary lady giving away toys the Walton children are not permitted to accept any toys from the missionary lady because that would be charity and they do not accept charity. But the kids ask, well, can we go down and watch? Mm -hmm. And sure, the missionary lady is there, but in order to get a gift, a toy, you had to say a Bible verse. Mm -hmm. And the Walton kids were giving the rest of the kids Bible verses. Mm -hmm. Um, my favorite was John Boy's later on, which was... Well, it was Mary Ellen giving... Mary Ellen. And then, then when she was tapped out, John Boy had... One from the Song of Solomon. And the poor missionary lady. I mean, it was a valid Bible quote. Yeah. Well, it counted. I mean, Jesus wept. Not that one, which was given. Yeah. But... That was a short one. So Jesus wept. Jesus wept. There you go. That is the shortest one. Yeah, that is the shortest one. <laughs> it counted. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then, uh, yeah, then a then it gets heavy because Elizabeth gets, you know, something and it's broke. But she goes, it's dead. And so that was very heartbreaking. 
But yeah. it was such a wonderful scene that was up, and then to have it crushed down. I mean, again, the is father going to make it home? Yeah. Is he going to make it home? And yeah. actually, I mean, for people who haven't seen it, oh, I don't know. Should we go there? The uh, homecoming. Yeah. Is there a homecoming? There is a homecoming. Otherwise, the series would probably be very different. But and would have ended. <laughs> and would have ended, would yeah. have been eight seasons of The Walters. And, and, and the father was played by Andrew. Is, is Andrew Duggan, right? Who's given guest starring credit because he's only he only appears in the end. You do hear him in voiceover mm -hmm. at one point, but the end, that last scene with him and his family, it's it's riveting. You, I mean, the kids are riveted to his story, but I I remember whenever I see it, I'm like, what happened next? What happened next? <laughs> yes. No, he, he has a great story of how he uh, got. Toys from Santa and giving it to the kids. Now but, he got home. Yeah. And then he has flowers for Olivia. He has gifts for grandma and grandpa. But he gives writing tablets to John Boy. Which shows his support. Yeah. Because, Which was John Boy question, you know, would the family accept him being a writer? That's what he wanted to do. Yeah. I mean, his mother was wondering, what are you doing locked in your room? And the idea. Are you smoking? Yeah. Well, they didn't have Playboy back then, so I no. I guess it was the police gazette, but no. But the idea that you know, he, and the way he phrases it, I don't know much about the writing trade, but I know you know you have to practice. And giving him like a stack of writing tablets so John Boy could jot down his thoughts. And we're going to pause right here, but we'll have more TV history right after this message. <laughs> 